Welcome back to the Society Case Files podcast. My name is Robert Hazelton, and I'll be your host. Today I wanted to talk about Shadowkeep, the Destiny 2 expansion, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, and Ubisoft in general, then discuss the final moments of Matt Smith as Doctor Who. Got a lot to talk about, so I'm going to dive right in. I'm going to start by talking about Destiny 2 and the Shadowkeep expansion that just came out. I'm going to start right off by saying I'm just not super thrilled with it. Destiny 2 was something that I did to calm down and sort of relax, play a game and not be working for a while, and they've really turned it into something that requires a lot more attention than I was hoping to have to give it. There's new statistics, they've now got six instead of the three, there's a bunch of new currencies, there's a lot of new grinding going on, there's this seasonal leveling thing that you can go from one to a hundred, and some bounties give you experience towards it and some don't. Uh, some stuff grants you items, some doesn't. When you first start playing the game, you don't even have the old events that granted you powerful gear, like doing three strikes or doing a certain number of crucible matches. That shows up later once you hit light level 900, but there was no indication of that per se. The patch notes, I found them to be very confusing, and there was some mention of Prime Ingrams, but I didn't get one until I hit 900. And at that point, the game does tell you, hey, by the way, now you've got to get powerful gear in order to advance your light. You do that through these methods. So it was there eventually, but it would have been nice to know that in advance so that uh, as a player who had been returning, we understood where all the things we were familiar with went. And so all around, I don't know. I mean, the expansion itself, the campaign, that was kind of fun, but it didn't take very long. I busted through it really fast. And then they came out with the Vex Offensive, Uh, by the weekend, right around the same time as the raid. And that was kind of fun, but part of the point of it was to buy these items that allow you to get guns. But by the time I had done the Vex Offensive four times, I had all the guns anyway. They just dropped from the chests that are at the end of each phase. So it kind of made those pointless and unnecessarily painful. So, I don't know. All around, I just, I don't really like it very much. I'm hoping it changes and gets better. And as the people who are playing either taper off and stop playing because they don't like it or get better at the game it should be a lot more fun but right now it's it's a practice in learning a bunch of new stuff that really just feels tacked on for the sake of it being there all around i'd have to say that i would definitely try new light for free there's no reason not to obviously but i would definitely try it and make sure you like the new systems they've put in place prior to giving them any money and spending the 35 bucks on Shadowkeep to give that a try. Or even buying Forsaken, to be perfectly honest. Just play through the Red War and see if you like how the game feels. Everybody is light level 750 now. You start off there and you build up from that point. So you should get a good feel of what the game's like prior to having to give them any money. I personally wish I hadn't paid for Shadowkeep. But I have, so I'm going to play through it and give it a chance and see if I can calm down and and enjoy it more. But even several days removed from my initial anger about it, and by the way, it was bad. I made some videos, and and they were just too negative, so I just deleted them and got rid of them. But uh, I'm not that negative now, and I can tell you that it's worth trying, but be cautious about spending money until you know you're going to enjoy it. So that's a huge thing coming from me considering how much I've played Destiny and how important it's been to me for the past six to eight months, even since release, to be perfectly honest. So in any event, that is my honest opinion. Be careful about uh, buying it. 
Speaking of games that aren't getting a lot of love, Ghost Recon Breakpoint came out for early release for those who spent $100 or had Uplay Plus. I had the latter, and I will tell you right now, before we even go any further, I really hated this game. And this is coming from someone who put in an inordinate amount of time into Wildlands. I felt that Wildlands was a near-perfect experience. It was just straight fun. You could co-op if you wanted to, you had your AI players if you wanted to roam around by yourself. They had a lot of great banter to break up the silence. Uh, the world felt lived in. There was ambient traffic. People moved around. They freaked out when you started gunfights in the middle of the street. It was just a good game. It felt bound in reality for the most part as well. And the day it came out, I took the day off from work and I played it on the PlayStation 4 pretty much nonstop. I, I finished it by the end of the week but that was because I was putting in a lot of freaking time and losing a lot of sleep over it. It was that good. Now, I need to segue briefly. I love The Division 1. I played that game almost as obsessively as I played Wildlands. Division 2, I was had very high hopes for. In fact, I actually invested in the game prior to it coming out because I was pretty sure it was going to kick ass. And it didn't. I didn't like that one at all. In fact, I'm I'm sad that I spent any money on it at all. So... When Ghost Recon Breakpoint was about to come out, I was thinking, well, at least we still have Ghost Recon. When that comes out, it'll be great, and that'll make Ubi uh, seem a little less lame after after this release. So when Breakpoint came out, I had Uplay Plus, not the $100, and I started playing it. And it was pretty much a repainted version of Division 2 for me. Not quite as bad with the bullet sponging, but you've got gear score, you've got to upgrade gear, you got to find it, it drops, you can buy some. And all of that just kind of goes against the Wildlands concept. So couple that with a whole lot of bugs and just silly stuff happening. A great example is I was taking the helicopter back to base and I crashed it into a helicopter. Totally my bad, I should have been dead. Instead, the helicopter instantly went at a 90 degree angle rotated around the tree about 50 times then casually landed and I was able to just get out and walk away and that's just one of many 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 bugs uh, you can shoot people in the face two three times without them going down and I'm not talking the armored guys either just normal dudes can take that kind of punishment now that may be a bug I don't know I'm not the only one who feels this way it got kind of hounded on the reviews as well a 57 on Metacritic so not very good a lot of people just say it feels empty, and I have to admit, even the even the character graphics aren't that great. When you're making your character, the primary thing you're going to see is the back of their head. And when you're doing the character generation, you can't actually rotate the camera. So you have no idea what their back of their head is going to look like until after you've finished. It's just, it's just lazy all around. And I have to say, I wrote them an email, and I kind of went off about everything I thought they needed to fix. Just tons of feedback, almost five pages. I was that passionate about it. And they did get back to me. They thanked me for my thoughtful message and sent it on to the devs. But all around, I have to say, Breakpoint is absolutely not worth your time. It's not even really worth the $15 that Uplay Plus gives you. So if you really want to try it, do not spend any more than the $15. If you've only got console, I'm sorry, but just don't play it at all then because it's really not worth it. And speaking along those lines, I kind of just want to talk about Ubisoft in general. I kind of went back through a bunch of the games I've played from them, and I do have to admit there are more games I liked 
than didn't. Uh, I liked the original Far Cry. It had a lot of really neat stuff. You'd find, like, mercenaries doing push-ups when they got bored. They weren't just standing around waiting for you to shoot them. Had a beautiful environment. It was very lush and cool. It made jungles scary again. I have to admit, that was a good game. Uh, Rainbow Six Three, my friends and I played the hell out of that game. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Call of Juarez, the first one, that was a pretty good game. Uh, Dark Messiah of Might and Magic, one of my all-time favorite games, so pretty darn good there. Rainbow Six Vegas, yeah, that was that was okay. The only thing I didn't really like about Vegas was uh, some of the way the, the terrorist hunts went, but other than that, it was it was fun. Far Cry 2 really opened up the open world part of the game. That was that was cool. Then of course we have the Assassin's Creed stuff. Well, I could do a whole podcast about Assassin's Creed because I used to be an absolute fanatic for that game series. Uh, it kind of lost me around the origin time frame. I did get back into it with Odyssey, but primarily I don't like the new role playing uh, direction they've gone with that. I enjoyed the old games that were more of an adventure style format. Uh, Velvet Assassin that had a lot of potential, but it just it was really bad. The Splinter Cell games, they're okay, but they weren't really my thing. Far Cry 3, one of the first games I ever got 100% on the Xbox. I really loved that one. Uh, Call of Juarez Gunslinger, another great game. It was really, really short, but it was actually super fun. Uh, Far Cry 4, another game I got 100% on. I loved it, but the story was kind of meh. After that, we get into things like Rainbow Six Siege. That one just fell flat for me immediately. Uh, Far Cry 4. Primal, I felt that was kind of a cash grab, pretty much unnecessary. I absolutely hated Watch Dogs. Uh, AC Origins, didn't get into it. For Honor, had a great single-player campaign, but the multiplayer was just impossible to get into. Uh, again, Ghost Recon Wildlands, absolutely fantastic. Far Cry 5. Oh. This is the first time that I felt like Ubi had just lost their way completely. It was a dramatic step backward. You had no voice for your character and it just felt so lost it was just it was not a good version of the far cry series and i i really i really did feel like they dropped the ball on that one big time uh, odyssey i love that game i got 75 hours of play into it i somehow got past the role-playing elements but they were still pretty difficult to appreciate and then we've got the last two big ones from them, Division 2 and Breakpoint, both I consider to be trash. And they've got a lot of titles, guys. I mean, tons of stuff out there besides what I just talked about. So I really can't say that Ubi is just crap because they've got so many games that I've loved. But I am concerned about their direction. And now that Uplay Plus is coming... What is that going to mean for the quality of their titles? Are they going to get worse? Are they going to get better? Are they going to pretty much stay the same? I mean, one of the things that we know from uh, the best example being Assassin's Creed Unity is that they don't care about bugs. They're happy to release games with tons of bugs, and then they'll work them out eventually. But oftentimes, they lose a bunch of people in the steps between release and a solid game. Are we going to see more of that? I don't know. I don't know what to say about Ubisoft. All around, I am going to be very cautious with purchasing anything from Ubi from now on, and I'll be watching a lot more videos, doing a lot more reading, and really examine whether or not I want to give them any more of the any more money, to be frank. And I think that uh, they've pretty much brought that on themselves because they keep releasing products that are just chock full of bugs. Now, 
back to Destiny Shadowkeep, one thing I have to give them is that once they got past their day one woes, there haven't been many bugs that I've seen. I haven't uh, been crashed out of the game or anything like that. Now, day one, no no lies. That was terrible. It was It was a very bad experience for them. But after that, they seem to have got their act together. Ubisoft doesn't care. They just release stuff and they're like, whatever, man. Um, sure, you're going to encounter a lot of bugs, but it'll be great. Will it? Who thinks that? Not me. And I know that a lot of people hit them for it, too. I mean, those reviews for Breakpoint really do talk about all the bugs. So, all around, I don't know. I've got to say that uh, Ubisoft is going to be a company to watch because they do produce games that people love, or at least intellectual properties that people love. But are people going to tolerate the continued release of bugs? My... My initial statement is absolutely they will because people still buy Bethesda games and people still buy Ubisoft games. So those they just it's just something that we tolerate now because we have been conditioned to. It's like there's no testing, or if there is testing, there's just rush to market. And that that is a terrible mentality for all of us who want to play games. It sucks because in some cases I watched a video where a guy said that Breakpoint literally shut his computer down a couple of times. It, it's frustrating to buy a game and be like, well, I hope this works out. You know, Origin is bad for that, too. When I got Battlefront 2, or I'm sorry, Battlefront uh, 5, it was crashing my system like that, too. Um, I ended up having to do an upgrade in order to play that game. But my system met the requirements. So, I mean, how are we supposed to know? We almost just have to try it. Because every system can be different. I mean, my computer is completely different than my wife's. So, when she plays a game, she may encounter bugs that I won't. So, in any event, we've got a long way to go with Ubisoft, and they've got a lot of new titles coming out. I think they were really hoping that Breakpoint would would push us through to, say, the next Watch Dogs or whatever. And I really don't think it's going to. I think that a lot of people will abandon that game pretty fast. I mean, PC Gamer was doing their review, and they said they'd rather be playing Destiny 2 in the review. So I think they've got a lot of trouble to work out there. And maybe they'll maybe they'll figure it out. Maybe enough people will send feedback the way I did and they can revamp a few systems. But I really doubt it. I think that what we've got today is pretty much what we're going to have tomorrow. And if you like it, great. And if you don't, move on. The next thing I want to talk about is Doctor Who. I finished Matt Smith's tenure as Doctor Who. And I'm going to tell you, Wow. I was I was so negative when I first started watching his take on the Doctor. And now that I have finished, I have to just take a step back and slap myself in the face. Because Matt Smith was awesome. I loved him by the end of that show. I loved him so much that I was just devastated to see him have to go. The very last episode, it's very, very emotional for me at the very end. Once again, I know I've complained about this before. But the episodes feel too darn short. This episode, uh, where he basically is defending this planet for centuries, was was way too in-depth and, and involved for a mere 60 minutes. It could have at least been a two-hour movie to give us some more details about what was going on. But, once again, we are forced to truncate down this epic story into a short period of time. And that really does damage it in a lot of ways. The people I've talked to, that's that's was their primary complaint, actually. 
And I get it. I get it. I, I, I can't argue it. But it still really did make me cry. I absolutely loved him. And I loved the moments when he, uh, the, the, the moments when he, he gets to see uh, Amy again and, and the way he interacts with Clara. It was all awesome. So now that I'm moving into the Peter Cabaldi era, I, I had to take a break and just mourn the loss of that character before moving on. Uh, I figure I'd give it a week or so and then dive in and have a lot more to say about it. But uh, for right now, I have to say it's, uh, it, was, it was a great season. So uh, many of the complaints I had, it really it is interesting that it took me getting through the whole thing to, to get over them. And I'm very much against that. I'd like to use this as a segue, in fact. There's a lot of times that people tell me, hey, you've really got to watch this show, and I'll give it a try. I'll watch the first episode, and I'll be like, that didn't really do a damn thing for me. I didn't like it. And they're like, well, you got to watch three or four episodes before you can really appreciate it. And I'm so against that. And, I mean, I'm coming at this from the perspective of an entertainer, somebody who, when I'm writing my first chapter, I want it to be engaging. I want you to immediately absorb the story and be ready for the next part to be asking questions. And if I have to watch four hours of show, give or take, just to get into it, I I mean, to me, that's a failure. And if I expected someone to read four to five chapters of my book before they became engaged, then I would have to assume that I'm going to lose a large chunk of audience. And for some reason, TV shows, this is sort of accepted, whereas in books and such, it's it's not. And I mean, imagine the first 45 minutes of a movie being so completely uninteresting that you just, you're, you're bored. And then all of a sudden it picks up and, and then you're like, oh, I really love it. Now, in some cases, I kind of get it, but it still needs to have something engaging at the beginning. Maybe something later will explain all of that sort of humdrum at the beginning, but I mean, it has to grab you. Otherwise, what's the point? What did they, they? They basically failed as entertainers. Now, obviously, I'm wrong because plenty of shows that I've been told this turned out to be great. And I mean, Stranger Things was one of those. I really didn't care after the first episode. It took me three. And for whatever reason, we, we gave it that chance. But all around, I really don't understand how we're expected to accept that and why that's okay now to uh, to expect us to engage that much. I mean, we're talking about watching longer than a, a very lengthy movie in order to really fully embrace whatever they're trying to say. I'm not going to say that Doctor Who did the same thing with the Matt Smith era, but in a lot of ways, I didn't fully appreciate him until the very end. That's not to say that I didn't have a lot of fun here and there. And I mean, the first episode when he met Amy was very engaging to me. Because I loved seeing the crack in the wall and what it meant and him making the mistake of showing up far later than he intended, that sort of thing. But uh, these other shows that are just willing to be pretty trusting that you're going to just maintain your, your focus and keep going, that's, that's ballsy, I think, and good for them, I guess. And it worked out more often than not, uh, at least as far as I can tell. I'm sure there's dozens, if not more, shows that just fall flat. Uh, a great example is that show right now on uh, Netflix called Criminal and then whatever country uh, is with it. UK, Spain, France, so on. Uh, we watched the first episode of uh, the UK one because it had David Tennant. And after that, I was like, these characters are pretty unlikable. And I just I didn't really feel compelled 
to watch the next episode, mostly because I didn't really want to see those characters anymore. I didn't like them. It's interesting, and I have a feeling that we're going to lean more towards trying to grab people earlier on again uh, as we progress, especially with the sheer amount of entertainment that is available. Uh, With Disney Plus on the horizon, they're going to have shows that are going to grab people and keep their attention. So people are going to have to get back to the old school, I'm going to grab you on episode one and you you are going to watch the entire series right off the bat, I guarantee it. That is what I think is going to happen. Whether I'm right or not, we'll see. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'll be paying attention. But uh, if there's any shows that you feel required that, or you thought, wow, you know, I really liked the show, but it took me six episodes to really get into it, or I had to watch the whole series before I really enjoyed it, please let me know. Send a message, comment on the podcast, whatever you want to do. I'd love to talk about that some more. Here we are in October, and the October Movie Festival for the Society Case Files crew is in full effect right now. Uh, This is a bit of a misnomer, since we pretty much start in September watching scary movies until the end of the month of October, and we share these with folks on our virtual movie group. Uh, Right now, we have a fairly decent list of what we have watched and what we're about to Um, I'm going to share that with you really quick. We're looking at uh, back on the 13th in uh, September. We watched the first Friday the 13th. I'd never seen it before. It was super fun to finally see what everyone had been talking about. I don't know how I missed it before, but there you go. And then on the 27th of September, we watched the sequel, Friday the 13th Part 2. Not as good in my opinion, but it it was still okay. Uh, The next movie on our list is Boys in the Trees. Definitely recommend that if you want some sort of Donnie Darko-style strangeness. Uh, The next movie we watched was The Witches of Eastwick, another movie that somehow I missed back when it came out, and I really, really liked it. Um, It was a super fun movie. Uh, Next up, we watched Repo, the Genetic Opera. That is a crazy goth opera, and if you are into that kind of musical and and you don't mind the excessive amounts of gore, then I think you might like that one too. Next up on the list is the movie Regression with Ethan Hawke. It's sort of a cult horror movie and set in 1990 Minnesota. Next is In the Tall Grass. That's a brand new movie from Stephen King and Joe Hill, and it is on Netflix. Uh, And then finally, we'll be watching House on Haunted Hill from 1955. So we'll have tons of more movies, and they are all listed on the Society Case Files website. You can find that at www.societycasefiles.com. And at the bottom, you'll see the October movie list is a link there to take you to the table. We'll be posting all of the reviews that we give these movies, and uh, you should be able to see those just after the 31st of October. But until then, if you want to watch along, keep an eye on the list. And if you have a recommendation of something we should watch, please let us know. Drop a message, send a comment, or any of that kind of stuff, and we will definitely take a look at it. Halloween is one of our favorite times of year, and we tend to do quite a bit of stuff. This is the most active we are, I would say, when it comes to leaving the house and getting getting out in the world. So uh, definitely hitting the pumpkin patch soon. We'll have some photos from that, and we do the corn maze. So we're pretty, we're pretty in it. Uh, we're still kind of homebody, so it's not like we go out to Halloween parties and that sort of thing. But uh, 
other than that, you should uh, you should see quite a bit more from us on the websites from uh, out of the house and not just artwork. Speaking of Halloween, Dark Adventure Radio Theater has put out a new production. It is called Mad Science. It's basically several short stories as chapters in an overall production. You can find Beyond the Wall of Sleep, The Electric Executioner, Winged Death, From Beyond... They're all there for you, and if you just get the MP3, it's just 13 bucks. And I've talked about these guys before. I think I even did it on my very first episode. Their productions are freaking awesome. They've inspired me in ways that I can't even begin to relate. You can get prop-filled CD versions. You can buy just the MP3s. They're awesome, and if you haven't listened to one yet, you really have to. The Lurking Fear came out a little bit ago. I think it was just in the summer. And that one was fantastic as well. So if you haven't tried these out yet, you're missing out. They're great to just put on and listen to while you're doing something else. Or even while you're doing a grind in a video game, I turn off the sound on the game and listen to a Dark Adventure radio theater. Definitely, you need to check these out. We'll be listening to this one very soon. So I can't speak to how Mad Science is yet. But if it's anything like the other productions... It's going to be fantastic, so be sure you hop over and check that out. You can find them at hplhs.org, and I'll have that uh, information in the description of the podcast as well. I want to give an update on something that's very dear to me. My new CD called Eternity, a musical, basically a, a big goth musical, is actually done. I finished all of the writing. I finished all the lyrics. I've got it pretty much ready to go. I need some other people to come in and do their parts, but I have to tell you, this journey has been incredible, and it really did take a lot longer than I ever anticipated. I started working on this before I left my job at True Blue, and I have pretty much been nonstop working on it throughout the months until pretty much this last weekend. I got the last of the lyrics done that were plaguing me. I got them to work. I made this very... It's almost like I saved the the hardest part for last. But once it clicked, I was just so happy with it. And the overall uh, feel and flow of it is exactly what I wanted. It's, It's absolutely magical when, as a creator, you get to the point that you have made something that is exactly what you had in your mind or even better than what you anticipated you might have placed your expectations at one point and then either exceeded them or even just come close to matching them usually that's good but in this case i really did go above and beyond my own expectations that's not to say that everyone's gonna love it but i personally do and i'm really excited to share it so that should be coming out pretty darn soon it's just a matter of getting a couple of people involved and having them come in and do a few extra parts. So uh, look forward to Eternity very soon. And just to just to give a quick brief, the basic idea of Eternity is that it follows a character who comes to a city and he is there to pursue his dream of being a, a performer, a celebrity, if you will. And while he's there, he discovers that there are actual vampires living in that city and they are kind of in control of the of the arts and the well the celebrity status that he's after uh he doesn't really realize that so much but he does find this woman that he's very intrigued by 
And in the act of pursuing her, something happens, and uh, I'm not going to spoil any more than that. But that's the general gist of what's happening in Eternity. So it's a pretty grand scale story and production, and I'm really excited about it. Once I get the, the musical part all done in a new sort of musical CD that you could get on, on iTunes or something, at that point it'll just be a concept CD, I'm going to write out the rest of the script so that I can have it performed, and then I'll release another CD version that is actually the musical performed, much like a radio drama. And at that point, I'd love to shop it to see if I can get it to be performed in in a in a live venue or something like that. It'll be really fun. I might even film it. I might do some animation for it. I'm not sure yet, but there's so many so many possibilities for it, and I'm really excited. So. Can't wait to share it with you. If you're on the uh, coffee site, if you've done any support for us yet, uh, some of the songs are up there and available for you to check out. So if you want to get a sneak peek, you just have to support at the coffee site. So anyway, Eternity coming soon. Very excited. All right, that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening to the show. I appreciate you stopping by. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more, be sure to check out our website and keep track of the schedule. You can find us at www.societycasefiles.com or www.roberthazelton.com. Don't forget to follow or support the project at ko-fi.com slash societycasefiles. The next episode should air in about a week. We look forward to seeing you soon. Bye now.